Welcome to Pick Me Up Pod. This is the podcast where we are destigmatizing everything and anything menstrual health, from your period to birth control to pregnancy and abortions. I'm your host, Sophie, and I have a period, and I want to talk about it. Hi, Anna. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for hopping on. I'm super excited to chat to you. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. I'm super glad that we're catching up um, about this topic specifically because I think you were one of the first people in my life that I actively had conversations with about my period. And one of the things that I really benefited from in meeting you was the fact that you were so open and and willing to be so vulnerable with me about your own problems with your period. Yeah. And oh I God. <laughs> but um, for everyone listening, um, do you want to tell people a little bit about yourself? What are you, what you're getting up to? Sure. Well, Sophie and I met like, oh my God, like 10 years ago, studying together in London. And so we both studied law and I'm still studying law. Wait, has it been 10, like eight years? So I'm still studying and working in Berlin now, where I'm actually from. So I'm like back here after some travels and um, yeah, just like doing my final exam now. I'm on the last leg of my education and yeah, that's it. Living the life in Berlin. I love it. I'm definitely not in law anymore. It was not the path for me, but I'm glad I met you along the journey. I'm glad. Yeah, me too. I like I feel like my journey in the past five years has just been me constantly like thinking I like something and then getting there and being like, this is not for me and pivoting. (laughs) I've pivoted in my life just like so many times, but in doing that, I think I've actually been able to come back to like what I can enjoy originally. That's inspirational. I feel like I'm long overdue as a pivot. Like I'm just following some path that's before me, but maybe I should pivot at some point. But let's see. Yeah, as Surprise I discussed where I hit play, I'm sending you the manifestation course. I swear. <laughs> I swear it has changed my life. Um, but yeah, I would love to get into the time period where we both were like sharing notes on best how to insert menstrual cups. Um, oh my God. <laughs> Can I please just say, Sophie, you almost came over to my, we were living in student housing, which was, well, not the best time of our lives, but another topic. But I remember, like, I have this vivid memory because you got me onto menstrual cups, like, best life decision ever. But um, I was, like, there on my bathroom floor, like, how do I get it out? I was, like, panicking. And I was, like, calling you and you were, like, giving me advice. Like, you almost came over and did it for me. But then I managed, thank God. But, like, that is, like, such a core memory of mine. <laughs> I'm so glad I was I would have. I would have pulled it out for you. Yeah, I, I know you would have. And that's I what got me through. um I actually recently had an experience so one of the things that I had to be very sure of myself through watching tons of youtubers and perusing through reddit threads before I used the menstrual cup was the fact that it couldn't get lost inside you I was like that's yeah and I always tell people that I'm like you know don't be worried about it and I never had that issue with the menstrual cup but I actually actually probably about six months ago now and we'll get to this a little bit as well. And I've talked about this before, but I was just having the worst periods to the point where even like two weeks before I was like anxious because like uh, there was a trip planned. I was like, I'm not going to be able to go on this trip because yeah. of my period. And so I went to a time period of like, 
I need to like take ownership and control and like agency over this. And like there is there is medicine and there are things that I can tap into to help me because the way that I'm living now and anxiety, it's, it's just not working for me. And this is like not how I want to live for the mm. next five years of being someone who menstruates. And I did a bunch of research um, as I usually do in, on this topic. And I actually went on, it was recommended to me by a really good friend who also had similar symptoms with other birth controls as I did. So I was like, maybe it works for me. Um, and it's also funny because she looks very similar to me. And for some reason, I was like, I guess our like genetics are similar. And that just means <laughs> that this will also work for me. Not, I'm not a doctor. That doesn't make any sense. Well, um, but I went on the, the, <laughs> yes, I went on the Nuva ring, the ring. I mm -hmm. went off of it after two weeks, but it like, it had fallen out, but I thought it was stuck inside me and I had a panic attack. And I was oh, like, no. I like reached in there and I thought I could like feel it behind like a wall and it re-triggered this core memory in me. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, you definitely know about this because this happened at the time where we were both in London, but I got a butt plug stuck inside. Oh, yes, I remember. I was not going to bring it up if you were, yeah. but now that you well, said I, it, I, yes. <laughs> I, have no, I have no boundaries uh, when it comes to stuff <laughs> like this. But it like took me back to that place of panic where like there's something inside me and I can't get it out that like yeah. really re-triggered something. And that's the same core fear that I have about IUDs. Um, but anyways... Back to you, Anna, throwing the ball back in your court. Um, I would actually love to hear, and I don't think we ever talked about this when we were sharing our period journeys. Mm -hmm. Where where were you when you had your first period? And what was going on in your head? Like, were you scared? Did you use pads, tampons? I would love to hear about it. Right. I, I think we probably never talked about it because it's not that interesting of a story. Actually, I barely remember it myself. Like, I don't remember a specific moment when I first got my period. I don't know how old I was. I'm just guessing. I was in school. Uh, I, I know which schools I can kind of say. Maybe I was like 13 or 14. I think I was one of the first in my class that I remember. And I think I was just, I might have been at school. And I was kind of like prepared because my friend had had her period like a little bit before me. And so she was kind of telling me about it a little bit. But I don't remember. It was just like a little bit of blood. And I was like, okay, like I was kind of prepared it might happen. And I just like, you know, like shoved some toilet paper into my pants and was like, okay, cool. And I went home and I think I just like asked my mom for some pads and then I started using them. And it wasn't pretty a big deal for me. It was like super light and super normal. Like, I don't know. There was just, it's not a big memory. I wish I could go back to the times where my period was like that. Um, yeah. Oh, it was so easy to handle. Easy, And I was like, when I first got mine, I was very excited. It was like almost this rite of passage. And I remember I got it before one of my friends, like I got probably got it like a month before her. Mm -hmm. And our birthdays are almost the same. So it was just kind of like, who's getting it first? Oh, yeah. Um, there was like a little bit of a competitive edge. I mean, like not really, but you know, like. Yeah, but kind of. I mean, at that age, it feels like a competition kind of. It, it shouldn't. It does feel a little bit like a competition. Yeah. Who's, get, who's getting their titties first? Like. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember that at some point my mom wanted to give me a tampon and I was just like, oh, no, no, no absolutely not. Like I'm. I don't even know where that hole is. Like, don't even know. <laughs> I, no, I did not know about that hole. Um, so yeah. I was a very uncomfortable kid for many reasons that I'm still uncovering. But 
I was so uncomfortable to ask. So basically we got like free pads in school when Mm. we had like a sex ed class. So I just like had those. So I used that probably for my first or second period. Like I just had them in my room. And after that, I felt too uncomfortable to ask my mom to go get me pads. Yeah. My mom uses tampons. So I was like, I guess that's what I'm using now. And I was like 13. And I just started using it. You them. just went for it. Oh my I God. I just went for it. I was like, wow, this is going in here. But like, that was <laughs> not, that's not how, like, that's not how I should have learned it. But it's no, a, it's impressive. Like, I have talked to, to a lot of people about the first time they've used, they use tampons. And every single person that has answered, and but I'm going to ask you this after, maybe you have a similar experience. It's always been under some form of duress. Yeah. Like, yes. It's like so relatable. <laughs> like, like it's either the only thing available or like you're too shy like me to ask for something else. Um, like mortified to ask. Like mortified. Mm-hmm. I don't know. To this day, I don't know what my problem was. Um, or it's like you're going swimming or you're at the beach and like you yeah. have like wear a tampon. Um, so what was what, what was the first time that you were like discovered your vagina in that way? I guess I think. I also don't have like a specific moment, but I was just like, I, I didn't know about like anything like down there. I was just like, no, I just, there's nothing goes in there. Like what the fuck? I was so like disconnected from the whole thing, but I, yeah, there was some moment where I had to use it. I think maybe I was going swimming or there was, it was all we had on a holiday or something like that. And I, yeah, it was just, I think this is just like a random memory that I need to uncover in my brain at some point. But I think, like, I remember someone outside of, like, the bathroom stall, like, telling me what to do or something like this. Like, someone who knew. And I was just like, no, don't come in. I want to do it myself. I'd also hate it. And, like, I was just, like, didn't know what, like, which direction. I feel like you don't know what direction it goes. Like, I was just, like, trying to push it in the wrong way. And it obviously hurts. (laughs) Um, It really hurt the first time you put it in? Yeah, I think so. It was just, like, not great. But at some point, then, like, I I feel like it was like a rite of passage and like a really big moment when I did figure it out, when I was like, okay, this is working now. Like what a revelation. Like this is insane. So dope because it's funny because I've done almost a 360 with my menstrual products. Like now, like, especially if I'm just working from home, I wear these reusable cotton pads. I fucking love them. Ah. Actually, never you. I never use tampons. I have emergency tampons in my bag just in case. Um, and then when I, when I go out, I obviously like use my menstrual cup because I like it a lot more. Um, but like when I'm at home, I use pads now. But like mm-hmm. I never ha- like even had that experience as a kid of like feeling. Okay, this is gonna sound kind of weird, but there's almost like a satisfaction in like feeling the blood. Feeling it go out. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Like, so like I usually have like really horrible cramps too. So I'm just like, oh, like get out of my body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm letting another one go. Like we're closer to the yeah. end of this. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, whenever God. blood comes out, I'm like, just leave my body. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to sidetrack your story, but <laughs> it, you're right. It does feel very similar. It's like once you figure it out, it's like, oh, like I can't. It's, it almost feels like a conquering. Mm-hmm. For sure. Because it was yeah. like this big thing to conquer. I was really, I think that made me feel more like a woman than like actually getting my period did. It was like a later experience. It was like, okay, now I've like joined this like realm of women, witches, people using these products, you yeah. know, like. It's like, it's almost like people, like for me, I don't know if you share this perspective, but people the, that use these products have like, are like more in tune with their bodies and like are yeah. in on these like 
womanly secrets. Yeah, but then like that times a hundred, when I used the menstrual cup, I was like, wow, I've really like unlocked another level here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's almost like, and this is one of my biggest reasons for to having these conversations and the impetus for this podcast too, is like, I feel like there's so much more, like what we're really describing here is just like empowerment through knowledge of our own bodies. And there's so much medical uh, literature and all these like, things that we can know about our bodies that can help us like unlock things even further, mm -hmm. like tracking our periods and like being able to plan around our periods in a way that actually serves us. And yeah. like, yes, like there's so many different like um, consumer packaged goods that are coming to the market. I actually recently got influenced. I was influenced on TikTok <laughs> and um, I haven't tried. This is like, I usually don't do this, but like I ordered something and I never tried it. Um, I ordered these. They're like little discs. Uh-huh. And you put, them, you put them in your vagina when you have your period and it like collects it and then you throw it at, throw it away. Okay. And apparently it's supposed to like help with cramps. I, I don't know. I will get back to okay. you once I've... Okay, please. But <laughs> there's just like... I feel like there's so many different products, but I feel like they're are other ways to like help understand our bodies and give us that same feeling of empowerment through like tracking our cycle and like yeah. collecting data. And I feel like there's like a certain insight that that can unlock and all For like sure. every, every time I have this conversation, I just want to like do a better job of like tracking my period. Same, like tracking more symptoms because like I've been tracking just like the dates of my period for 10 years probably. Like my clue is just like it's amazing. It knows more about me than I do. But like, I never really tracked any other symptoms. I think I'm also not paying attention enough. Like recently I've been doing it more. Like, you know, what do I feel like a few days before my period? Like now I can kind of tell more when it comes and this kind of thing. But for a while I was really just like, I mean, it was really not important to me. It was just kind of something that happened and I dealt with it. But I think it's so worth like investigating more and tracking more um, to really understand. Like, I mean, I also had a period where... I didn't get my period at all. So like I only got it like twice a year for like two years. That was like three, four years ago. And wow. that was so weird. Like it was just such a strange time. Like I could have been grateful that like now I have like insane cramps and pain, but still I wouldn't wish that like I still wouldn't wish it for the other way where I didn't get my period at all. Like it's just so out of touch with your body and like you just know something must be wrong. You don't really know what and you're like, I mean, I have an amazing gynecologist and she was super chill about it. And she said, as long as you're still getting it at all, every six months, like you're young, you're healthy, you should probably be fine. But like, it did come back and I'm so glad for it. Yeah. I mean, getting your period is such an indicator of your health. I mean, if mm -hmm. you're of child rearing years, I don't know a better way to say that, but there's got to be <laughs> It's, you know, an indicator that your body is functioning the way that it should be and if it is incredibly painful, like it's an indicator that there's something that's wrong. Um, I want to touch back on the story where I thought I had this new, it's called, the brand is called Nuva Ring. I used a generic one, but this oh, ring yeah. inside yourself. Are you familiar with that form of birth control? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I ended up going to the gynecologist and I was like, look, it didn't fall, like the thing is, if you've ever tried one, they're big. Like if it fell out when I used the bathroom, like I would have heard a splash. I would have seen yeah. it. Like, I would have known. I have no idea to this day. I like shook out. You the still bottle. don't know. 
I have no idea. No idea. Go. And I like, that's why I was like, it has to be. It's somewhere inside me. And I like, I can't reach it. Um, I had someone help me like (laughs) try and get it. (laughs) Um, And they also couldn't get it. And um, I ended up going to the gynecologist and I was like, look, like this is what happened. Um, I took it out because it was making me feel really depressed and it was just, it was not for me. Um, And she took it out and I was, she was like, okay, like we'll do a sonogram to make sure it's not in there. I have to come back the next day. They do, the lady who does the sonogram is like, oh, by the way, like, I don't know why she told you to come in and do a sonogram. We would not be able to see it on a sonogram. And I was like, I fucking hate you. (laughs) (laughs) and um they obviously couldn't find on that but i was like okay just do the sonogram like i can't i literally sat on a train for like an ultrasound you could probably see it no i I think they would have had to do i don't know what kind of scan they would have had to do but anyway um and they ended up finding nothing except for a really big uterine fibroid um which is actually it's a non i mean i get checked up regularly actually i'm seeing a new gynecologist on monday um so it's not cancerous um but they're tumors and so i have a huge like tumor or five they call it fibroids because they don't want to scare anyone um, (laughs) seven centimeters um like on my uterus and she was like oh you have this by the way and i was like and this was like if you can already tell, like, this was not a good doc. Like, this was – the doctor wasn't even seeing me. This was a nurse practitioner. Um, yeah. I, like, have really bad insurance right now. So, like, that was the only – like, I'm not going back there. But she was, like – she, like, like told me about it. I was, like, okay, immediately I have a million questions. Because um, she's, like, basically telling me I have, like, a like a unnatural – I mean, about 80% of women experience these um, types of fibroids. And they are pretty normal. But – they can give you very painful periods and there are root underlying causes that a lot of doctors don't really talk about. Um, and one of those underlying causes, and again, this information is not coming from the doctor, but from like weeks of me doing my own research, um, is, is actually hypothyroidism, which Mm -hmm. I actually totally forgot that I had, but when I was, and I know we've talked about this before, um, but I've always had um, really bad skin issues, lots of cystic acne, which didn't actually start until I was like 20, 19, 20, um, oh. and started going to dermatologist, um, tried everything before that. And finally they were like, okay, like we can put you on Accutane. I was like, okay, great. Got some blood tests done and they came back and it was like, everything's good. Everything's healthy, but you have a hypoactive thyroid. It's not a mm. big problem. Like you're still healthy. Um, but you might have issues conceiving down the line. And I literally, that information oh, really? in my head, yeah. <laughs> literally out. Because I just like, all I heard was like, you're healthy. Like you can take Accutane. Great. Yeah, I guess at that age, you're not and really thinking about like, that. I wasn't thinking Maybe. about it. I was like, yeah. okay. But it's not like they were like, you can't get pregnant. They were like, you might have to like revisit this down the line. Mm-hmm. And I was like, started doing like research. I was like, oh, like uterine fibroids are tied to like hypothyroidism like they're very interconnected so I was like oh I just have like and then it's like I'm looking up um all these other symptoms I've I've been experiencing like the cystic acne um so I'm like had I've finished Accutane I did it again for six months and I'm, I'm very glad I did it um but I finished it about three four months ago and I was like it's the kind of thing where like 
you go to doctors and you kind of just get band-aids when like the real issue yeah. that I'm dealing with is trying to uncover like and I like have doctor's appointments in the next couple of weeks but it's like I think I just have hormonal imbalances that like I need to like help get in check but what I have done um, while waiting for these doctor's appointments over the course of the last three weeks is like completely changed my diet and like I used to eat very like mostly vegetarian very like carb heavy and I've like changed mm -hmm. that and now eat like a lot more fats than I used to like a lot more protein than I used to and it has really lessened my okay. EMS as well as cramping symptoms and I'm like just like kind of like observing like I, everyone is on their own health journey but just like observing that has been very empowering um but yeah, so you've also been struggling with with painful periods, like yeah, that it seems to have changed. Like when you were younger, you were describing that they were less painful. So like at what point? Because I remember a specific point where I was like, I was always like, I'm so lucky to not have cramps, and then I was like, oh shit, when I turned maybe 21, I started getting cramps. Yeah, like, no, but what was it like for you? Yeah, same. I I had that same experience. I was always like, oh, my period is so chill. It's so nice. Like I didn't take it for granted. Like I was, I I counted my blessings. But uh, yeah, not for long. I mean, actually, I think it started, I can't pinpoint. I, so when we met in London, I was still on the pill and then I went off the pill. I think also inspired by our whole like talking about periods and think, thinking about things more. I started tracking and also tried to get the, what's it called? The I remember uh, IUD at some point. Yeah. Oh but like gosh, I yes. just kind of like dug into that topic for the first time. I went off the pill and then after the pill, my period was like all over the place. And then also like maybe a couple of years later, so like four years ago, three years ago, was when my period almost stopped completely. And so then those like every non-den periods that I would have were also super light. But ever since they've come back and now they're super regular. Like now, like every 30 days, I can really predict when I'm going to get my period. Everything is super like, you know, regular. But ever since that came back, it's like come back with a force. Like it's just been like so painful for like maybe a year but then like the last two or three months in particular I have been like suffering like I had to leave work I'm like incapable of doing anything it's only been like two months I've actually got a uh, got an appointment to talk to my gynecologist about it but like the last time I told her I had painful periods which was before they even got this bad <laughs> mm -hmm. she told me that I should do like a test for endometriosis oh wow and I'm just like oh she explained to me how they do it, you know, like, I don't, I don't, I've basically repressed it, but like, they kind of need to like, put some device inside you and like, look around and then they can like, uh, you know, like burn off or whatever the, oh, yeah. the, the parts that are there, but it's like quite invasive, but like you're awake during it. And I, I'm terrified of any you're kind of, like, I, I thought it was a surgery. I think so. I think you're, it's just like a local anesthetic. But in any case, like I passed out from the COVID vaccine, so like I'm terrified of needles. I'm terrified I of anything same. related to doctors. Yeah, so like, I, I cannot. Like that's the, I, I think about this all the time because I hate how I'm standing in my own way. Like rationally, I should just get this fucking like surgery slash diagnostic thing. Like it'll be better afterwards. Either I know I'm fine or I know that there was something and they've taken it out. Like why don't I just schedule it? But yeah, my you God. Can't but yeah, so. Everyone has their own like fears and thresholds. I am, I tend very similarly as you do. I am very, I, I will like 
pass out if someone's like taking my yeah. blood. I, yeah. When I went on the Accutane, I had to actually get blood tests every month. Right. And that's why I can't do Accutane. <laughs> that was the biggest um, hindrance in me moving forward with it. But it got to the point where I was like, you know, I was turning 27 and I was like, it's mm. not really teenage acne anymore. Yeah. And, um. I found a way to, it still scares me, but I found a way to like get over it. And that is like, I put in loud ass music and I just, yeah. and I just yeah. like, I'm, I tell them before, I'm like, Hey, like, this is something that I'm very nervous about. It, I'm just letting you know, I'm just going to be listening to music and going to be in my own space. And yeah. that's, that's helped me. It's still hard. Um, but yeah, but going back to so there was a lot of things that you brought up that I have questions on. So you went on birth control initially. You went on the oral contraceptive and you mm -hmm. decided to go off of that. Um, what was the initial reasoning for you like, going on that? Did you like it at the time? Was it good for you? Yeah, it was the classic story of being like 14, 15, having my first boyfriend, going to the gynecologist. Like, I mean, that was over 10 years ago. And I think... I would, I would like to believe that kind of gynecologists have moved on from this point a little bit, at least now. But back then, they would just give every teenage girl the pill. Like, everyone was on it. And so that's what they did. It was also like, I was getting a little bit of, like, bad skin. It was just like puberty, you know? Like, it was just like yeah. a teen. And, like, it'll help with that. It'll, like, prevent you from getting pregnant. Just take it. Like, just take it. It'll make your period more manageable. You can take, like another pack and like skip your period if you want like it's just easy I mean I kind of see the point like at that age you don't really know anything and it like gives your parents also like maybe make them worry less about you like being a totally like, a teenage pregnancy and so I see the point I don't like that they just did it as a default but whatever but that's why I went on it and I never questioned it I mean I did like the pros of it like mm -hmm. I just you know like you could skip your period if you were like on a class trip or whatever and yeah um, that kind of thing but then yeah I mean how old was I at that point in London maybe 20 21 I would have like started to question things and be like do I need to be on this there are other ways of you know preventing pregnancies and stuff so yeah yeah and I think like I mean if the pill had done for me what the <laughs> OBGYN who prescribed it for me had done I would have loved it I would still be on it mm. you know like did all of those things. And for some people it does. For some people, like yeah. I've been on the pill for 15 years and like they don't have um the same brain fog and like symptoms of depression as I did, um, or like tingling or all these, you know, onset symptoms of like potentially deep vein thrombosis or a stroke. For some people it works amazingly. Yeah. Um, for some people it doesn't. And I I think you're absolutely right. I think especially when people are like very young, like, and honestly, not up until like the last year have I been going into doctor's appointments, very like having done my own research and like very assertive, like I know exactly what I'm going to ask when I go into the this gynecologist appointment. Love that. But it took me like over 10 years to figure that out. And I used to definitely just like go in and be like, yeah, I mean, like you're the doctor. Like I barely For sure. like, like, how to put in a tampon like I don't know what my vagina yeah. when you're like four. <laughs> yeah um so I think you know it's all I don't think any of it done any of it is done in ill intent but I think like there's a lot of like studies that haven't been done especially in regard to mental health that I think are mm -hmm. like 
definitely lacking. Um, but yeah, I actually remember your IUD story because you were texting me about it at the time. And that oh was God. just like a horror story. <laughs> actually, like, I, yeah. That story has not, has been like ingrained in my memory and like, oh no. Not I don't think about it so much. Actually, maybe yeah. you think about it more than me. Thank you so much. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, actually, I feel like yeah. it doesn't have to be a horror story because actually the reason, so what happened was I wanted to get the IUD and I had like the appointment and everything. And I ended up passing out and not getting the IUD. But I didn't pass out because of anything they did wrong or anything that like malfunctioned. It's just like my fear of needles. Like it's the same for me when I get blood taken or anything. Like it's just like the medical context. And I was just so annoyed because I waited for this appointment. Like it wasn't easy to get like on the NHS, like the public health service in, in the UK, which is fair, fine enough, you know, like it, yeah. it worked. But um, I went in and I just remember like, like, because they have to dilate you. Right. And so that was like painful. And then I was like, they were like, oh, now you're fully dilated. And I'm like, like lying there, like almost like giving birth, but like the weird wrong way around. And it's like, okay, just put it in, just put it in. And then, and then the next thing I remember is I wake up and I'm like, so did you put it in? And they're like, no, because we can't just, we, we, we can't just do that when you pass out. I'm like, I mean, sure enough, but I was like, please, can we just put it in? You were so close. Oh my God. At that point, honestly, and I keep reading this over and over, but it's like a pretty, it's almost like a surgical procedure, what they're doing. Like, put me under, put me under an anesthetic. Like, knock me out. Put me there. Like, the whole thing for me going in there and leaving again after having passed out was at 10 minutes. It was like so fast. They just, and I, because I already told you she passed out. Yeah. I was like bleeding what? all over the place as well. <laughs> yeah. And I told them, I was like, I already told them I'm nervous. Like I need, I always like confront them about this. Like every time I have any procedure, I'm like, I'm scared. I'm going to like, just have to like listen to music, breathe, whatever. Just, just, yeah. you know, if I can, I'll lie down. Like if anything happens. And then I told them like, please, can you just like talk to me and like tell me a story? And there was actually a really cute nurse who came to me like, was one who was not doing the procedure. So one person was doing the procedure and the other person was just like sitting with me and talking to me. And at some point, like mid-sentence, I just like blacked out. And I mean, they tried, but then I woke up and they were just like kind of just dismissive. I don't know. We're like, well, tough luck. Try again next time. They said try again next no, time? No, they didn't. But that was like the demeanor, the feeling that I got. You know, they were I mean, I don't have any particular memories. I don't know what they said. But yeah. like my feeling of the memory is that they were pretty like, <sighs> okay, next patient. Like, they were like, okay, this one's done. It almost sounds like a factory farm. It's just like in and out, in and out, in and out. And the thing is like, it's, it's kind of a standard procedure, you know, like if all goes well, like if I hadn't passed out, I would have been completely content with the experience probably. Like I would have been like, they just they gave me an IUD. I'm never going to see them again in my life. It's whatever, as long as they do it well. But um, yeah, the, oh God. But in the end, I think it's good that they didn't put it in because then I would have had to have it taken out again at some point, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually, a lot of my friends got their first IUD put in like five years ago, like when they were probably like, you know, in their early 20s. And um, they're now at the point where they have to get it taken out <sighs> and get a new one put in. And it's like, and a lot of them are coming to the decisions, you know, do I want to get a new one put in for like yeah. five years? Do I in the next? And a lot of the research that's coming out now is that like they actually have some that last like eight or 10 years. 
Yeah. They're taken out if you want to get pregnant, but a lot of them are kind of reassessing like whether they want another one put in or whether sure. they want to have kids and don't no, want. Whether at least like now if you get pregnant accidentally, it's not as bad anymore as it would have been maybe seven years ago when you had your first IUD. <laughs> like we're kind of in our mid late twenties now. It's like a whole lot of story of yeah. what would happen. But yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm like, and then like, I have so many friends that have IUDs. Um, one of my best friend does, and she like, doesn't get her she doesn't get a period at all and yeah she is the person who when she started getting her periods like when she was a lot younger like she missed school for them um so it was like not really a question of like oh like should I get on birth control or not it's like there's a problem here and like that this is the only, only solution that's like available and um that's why she ended up going on it and like for her it was like the best decision and in some regard, I'm, like, very envious of people that, like, don't get any periods. And, like, not when I'm – it's always when I'm, like, day two of my period. I'm just – Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's, like, the kind of thing where I really only, like, think about my period, like, to that extent when I'm on it. Because, like, it is, like, debilitating to some extent. And then, like, it kind of, like, makes sense why, like – people who don't have periods like don't really like like men for instance like don't really like see it as like that big of a problem mm -hmm. but you were talking a little bit about also in the last couple of months when your period was really heavy you had to leave work for it and I like I work more oh remotely now, but like there is nothing worse than like even like the night before where you just like you know you're gonna feel like absolute shit tomorrow and like yeah you're not going to be able to like do the same things that you normally would. And like you like, it's just, it's very anxiety filled. Like, and I can work from home. I can do all these things, but like, you know, I'm going to be laying literally horizontally yeah. with a heating pad, but like, how are you? Yeah. How is that for you? <laughs> what was that for you? Well, I don't even know where I was leading. Not great, but no, I mean, one thing for me that, I've been working at this law firm for like half a year now. That's, I mean, they're just, I feel very comfortable there. And I feel like I can, like, they really care about my well-being. I think it's also partly due to the fact that in my team, we're like a team of five people and they're all men. But um, one of them is a good friend of mine and we've been friends for like five years. So like, I think that helps with me feeling really comfortable with my team. And I kind of just had the idea of like, fuck it. Like if this firm is advertising that like they care about like the well-being of their employees and they're really big on this like diversity and this and that, they're really trying to like be different. I'm like, okay, let's test this. So I've really just been like, guys, I have my period and I have insane cramps and I cannot work like this. I'm going to go home and drink some tea and maybe if I feel better, I'll log on from home. I can also work remotely, but usually I go to the office. Like I'll log back on and I'll happily do some work, but right now I just can't. And honestly, like I mean, I'm still a bit nervous, like writing this text. It's like quite long. And I'm a bit like, yeah. like crafting the message. Totally. And they all reply like, oh my God, please go home and sleep. Like they don't, they're just like, go yeah. log back on when you feel better. Yeah. And yeah. So it's fine in that sense that I'm like, I still feel a bit bad because I'm like, fuck, they, like there's this feeling that I cannot shake like to a certain extent where I'm like, they hired me as a woman and like uh, one day a month, I'm kind of going to be out of service. Like, yeah. That's like a shit deal for them in a way. And I do feel like maybe the other days and I have to work harder when I can or this kind of thing. I try really not to get into that because I know it's not fair on myself. Yeah. But it, I do get that feeling. But they're being really nice about it. And I think for me, 
it's also set the bar pretty high for any place that I'd work that they'd be at least this welcoming. I mean, they're the same. Like I was sick the past week was like just a flu and they were the same. They're like, please just stay home until you're fine. Like don't yeah. even try going to work if you're not fine. You're yeah. So that helps. But it is this feeling where I'm like, my God, why am I cursed with this? Yeah, I think the psychology of it is very interesting because I feel very similarly. It's like, it's funny because when if, if a coworker sent me that text or if like someone that I'm like managing right now, like sent me that message, I would be like, please go home, like take care of yeah. yourself. Like this is not a life or death situation for like, I can cover you. Don't worry. Like, please only come in if you feel better. And we oftentimes forget that people feel the same way about us. Um, but I also, mm -hmm. yeah, I have the same anxiety when I'm like calling out sick or like, what are people going to think that I'm like lazy or like can't do the work or that I'm like lying or like any of these mm -hmm. things. Like, you know, I never think that about someone else. When yeah. Like, I'm like, for sure. Take the yeah. time. Like, I don't want you to come in sick. Like, please. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I, I had this again like the last week. I was like, fuck, I'm also going to get my period next week. So I'm kind of, I already know that like there's going to be another thing. So yeah. it's just something to always have on your mind. And it's, yeah. it just adds more like mental load to, I don't it's know, just the whole work too. experience. I yeah. totally agree with you. And like managing that. Yeah. And like when I was going into the office every single day, like during the week of my period and like I was like lucky if it fell on a weekend, but like it got to the point where I was like, I can't, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going in. Like I'm not going to sit yeah. at my desk with like a hot water bottle and like be running to the bathroom because I also get really bad um, diarrhea when I'm on my period. Like it's oh, really, no. really bad. And like, yeah. I'm running to the bathroom every 20 minutes. Oh. I'm like, and like, I'm literally taking like five ibuprofen, like, and it's not helping. It's not helping. And like, it's not yeah, good How does it not help? I don't understand. It's just, there's nothing. <laughs> yeah, it does not help me. I mean, I'll take yeah, it because I'm neither. like, maybe same. It'll, I'm like, every time I'm like, maybe it'll work it's this time. attempt, exactly. It's going to last me. Oh, but it never works. Oh my God, it was so bad. I know. And um, it got to the point where I, I wouldn't say directly the reason. I was like, hey, like I have, I, you know, would email my boss and it's just like, hey, like I have a medical um, issue, like in their male bosses. Um, I'm going to, I can work, but I'm going to need to be remote today. And they were like totally fine with that and didn't really ask any questions. But it was still the kind of thing where like I told like, you know, like the girls that I work with, I'm like, I can't like, mm -hmm. and they knew, they knew about this about me that I have very painful periods and like I will be working from home like I like set that yeah. rule um but I've like recently come across a, a lot of um articles about this concept of like introducing a moon day into the workplace mm. which is basically like not even a law but just an internal company policy that makes it like that normalizes the fact that there is like one day out of a month where like you can like opt to take out. You definitely don't have to like not everyone gets periods like even like doesn't matter if you're on birth control or not. Like um, sometimes you just like don't get your period for six months. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you don't always need to take that. Um, but I think it like creates an atmosphere where like I think what me and you are experiencing in our workplace is like an openness to it, but not necessarily like an accepted policy that makes us feel like comfortable and taking that time that we need to. Yeah. And I think like 
there's something like right now, like I finished my period, like I have so much energy. Like I'm like, <laughs> I'm like in my luteal phase and um, sorry, follicular phase, sorry, follicular phase. I know my phases and I like have so much energy and like I am super productive at work and like I'm the way that um, women's bodies work is like very different from men's bodies mm -hmm. and like we like we like are super productive and then there's like a time of the month where we are like more insular and like less productive and I think as you know women have entered the workforce we've like entered this framework that is very much mm. so um formed around the the bodies and the hormone structures of men and it just like, like does it is the same but it's yeah not, everything is well, the same yeah. and it's not what it's like it's not what it's yeah. like for us and I think you know like we try and like enter into the workforce in like and companies are really pushing, like, you know, the firm that you're working for now is really pushing for more inclusivity and all these things. But it's like a lot of the, the way that our like bodies work isn't necessarily being taken into account. Like, I'm mm -hmm. not like trying to be a man at work. Like, I'm not trying to lead, like, ha like lead like a man. I'm not trying to manage like, like I manage differently. Oh, I like a woman. Yeah. yeah. I like, it's like a person. What it's like, that, like yeah. and it's I do a good fucking job. Are but it's like. <laughs> That this kind of circle, like maybe there are days where you're more introspective, maybe you have a day of rest, maybe even it's a day of forced rest, but it's like a cycle that makes sense maybe also for your work. Like maybe you have days where you're more creative, maybe days where you question what you did the week before because you're feeling different. Like it, you can argue that it adds instead of subtracting from like your productivity and efficiency. It just like, if you, the thing is like, that's not really how it works. We have meetings, like we don't schedule our meetings around our cycle. I mean, maybe we should, it should be like in Google calendar, you'll have like, don't, don't, don't schedule this now. Like you'll have your period, do it the week after you'll feel great. <laughs> I but, um, am so be an idea. That. <laughs> one day, like one day when I run my own company, um, I'm going to hire me. <laughs> and we'll do like, yeah. I also feel like the more female, CEOs and you know um like partners at law firms there are like the more that these kinds of practices are going to be like included and like the happier people are going to be at work and therefore like the yeah work for your company um Absolutely. but yeah I think the I want to open the floor to like anything else you want to like talk about on this topic but if you don't have anything else I want to ask you the question if you could give one piece of advice to 13-year-old Anna who was having mm. her period and scared of tampons and wasn't really quite sure what this road was going to look like down the line. What's one piece of advice that you could give her about menstruating? Right. I mean, I think it's a beautiful journey. So like even the beginning where you're clueless is kind of like part of the journey. You don't see it at that time. But looking back, I mean, it was a struggle, but it wasn't like traumatizing or anything for me, which I'm grateful for. So I think the only thing that back then I would have liked to be better. And I think it's similar to you where I wasn't really comfortable. I was too shy to really talk about it. Like with my mom, I, I guess, especially with my mom, there are no really other, any like female, like mother figures in my life I would have talked to. So I guess it's about my mom. Like, because obviously I, I didn't understand at the time, like obviously she knows, like she's been there. She literally like made me and like pushed me out of her vagina. Like, why shouldn't I she not ask her? Like, she that's how I was made. There. Yeah. Like, that's the thing where it's like, I think I would want her to be more open to confront and talk about it because I think that would have like really quelled a lot of my anxieties about it and just 
make everything make more sense. Like, though at the same time, like my mom, like I think now I know way more about periods and cycles and all of this stuff than my mom. So, but at the time, obviously she could have helped me and I should have asked for that help. Yeah, I think it's really nice now growing up and being able to like look forward to passing down all this information and knowledge mm-hmm. that we've amassed. And it doesn't have, that doesn't mean we have to have kids or daughters or anything, but it means that we can pass it down. Um, hopefully through doing, having conversations like this, that we're having making. a podcast, having a podcast. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like, really the only thing I care about, but yeah, I Excuse think me. in the same way that I, I mean, I wish that you would have been around to give my 12 year old self that advice too, because that's something that yeah. I, I had, been able to do differently as well or just have the confidence to and I think that's a little bit on like our parents as well for maybe not opening up the floor as much but Mm -hmm. when I think about it I'm sure even like the generation that they were like our grandmothers I mean that was probably even less of a conversation than our absolutely were able to have with us so I think I'm like very very hopeful for um progressive generations and work absolutely oh I do have one more question yeah it's a bit just just between us kind of like you know because we we're watching this girl on YouTube I think she changed my life we both watched she's like the ultimate progressive first generation educator and she was like using those reusable um, pads and menstrual cups my god I I I guess my question is if you remember what her name was, but even if not, I'm just giving an anonymous shout out to that amazing I girl. I remember, remember being so young too. Yeah, I remember who you're talking about. Um, she was the first YouTuber I found. Um, her it was Femme something. That yeah. was her YouTube account. Um, I'm gonna a hero. Everyone listening, I'm going to try and find her and link her in the YouTube. Yeah, she's a hero. That's how I learned about menstrual cups. Mm-hmm. I would not have learned anything about my cycle and like. One of the things that I, like, am so grateful for are, like, creators. I have met a couple of other creators that I found on TikTok that I've reached out to to come on the podcast. I'm excited for, like, them to come on. But there's so many more, like, period coaches and people online that mm-hmm. are, like, sharing this information that I know my mom did was not able to Google and, like, find this. Um, I would probably be still, like, just as lost were it not for them making that information really accessible and also fun to watch because like the books that are on the market Mm -hmm. I don't know if I ever referred you to this book but it's where I initially like I remember you reading one yeah it's like a it's like it's like it's It's super sick yeah it's taking charge of your fertility by Terry Wexler (laughs) and it's very very informative very good um and but it's not the kind of thing like I would like go to a library and buy like taking charge of yeah. your ability. Like it's just like the, br- to be honest, the branding's off. Like yeah. here's <laughs> called like um, how to like how to not get pregnant and understand your body without hormonal birth control in your twenties. Like I would have grabbed that, but like- <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, I will definitely find her. Um, I'll definitely link her in the show notes. Yeah. But- Those pioneers. Oh my God. Honestly like huge shout out changing the world yeah they really are um but thank you so much for coming on the show on it and i will see the rest of you guys next week